0: the word. So we are we are in a series called change. How do how do I change my world? How do I change my world? And this is a lead up actually to our movie series. The the question is how, how do I change my world? And and I, I I want to emphasize this. It's not how do we change the world. It's how do I change my world? Because once you change your world and I change my world and, and, and somebody else has changed their world, then the world is changing. But sometimes we think it, it's not possible for me, it's, it's only possible for the influencers and the guys that, that has all the followers on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, they are the influence, they should do it. But actually all of us has, have the opportunity to change our world. So I would encourage you to go back on on Facebook or YouTube and and watch last week's message where we started the series, but we're going to go five weeks into how do we change our world. And tonight, our title is, the title of the sermon is, Can You See It? Can you see it? Because that's probably most of our problems. It's it's just in, in, in this line, we can't see it. Sometimes we can't see the need in our city. We can't see lost people. We, don't, we just don't see it. And Jesus wants us to see it. Why? Because he wants us to reach more people for his kingdom. It's a commandment from him. But but we have become very good at doing church. Church just for us. Just the right temperature. There's nothing wrong with it, but, but we get so consumed about, did I like it? Did I enjoy it? Was it great for me? And sometimes we, we drive away and say, oh, didn't like that song. It's okay, church, because we weren't singing for you. Singing to God, worshiping His name. And He has a mission for us, church and we should be a church on mission because he actually gives these instructions. And I want to quick, quickly read it to you out of the four Gospels and out of Luke, the five commissions that Jesus gave us, or gave to us, whatever the English word is. In any case, Matthew 18, 28, verse 19 and 20 says the following. Hear what Jesus is saying. He says, therefore, go And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is Matthew's recount of what Jesus said to us. What is our mission on this earth? And sometimes we we just build life around us. And actually, it's not about us. It's still about the people that is lost. And Jesus is inviting us and saying, listen, I need you to co-mission with me. Be on this and come on this mission with me so that we can get lost people saved. Mark says it as the following, following. Mark 16 verse 15 says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Luke's account of this is the following. With my authority, take this message of repentance to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem, meaning the people around us, our people, our family. Beginning in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins for all who turn to me. John 20 21 says the following, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. You are being sent, church. We are on a mission with Jesus. And Acts, in Jesus' last words before He left earth, He says the following, you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will Be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that three literally means our house, our country, and then the rest of the world. Meaning Kenmore, then the city, then the state, then the country, and then the rest of the world. We have a mission church. And we can't just do church for us. We have a mission to get lost people saved. We have an assignment. And the church is on an assignment. And this assignment is literally to populate heaven and plunder hell. That's our assignment, church. And we need to be, actually get comfortable again to go on mission. And, and that doesn't mean that I'm sending you back to Africa. That's not what it means here. But you have to be mindful that we are on mission. And this is what church is about. We love to gather, and it's great to gather. I love this gathering, but this gathering cannot just be for us. What this gathering actually should mean is that it's a, you know, like sports, the halftime moment. This is the halftime moment for the weeks that's coming. For this week that is coming, it's me just coming to encourage you that we are on the same team and we need to get lost people saved, church. And this is the encouragement because we can't just gather, we have to scatter. That's what church is about. Not just gathering, but to go in and go and make a difference and go and make disciples and preach the good news to people. And I want to make it simple this evening, real simple. And maybe you can um, get frustrated by, by this message because it's so simple. But here's the, the statement that I want to give you, is we cannot reach what we cannot see. It's, it's, I know it's not very deep, I know. And maybe, Zalvin, are you going to preach some deep stuff one day? No. Matured Christians should come well-fed. I know that's a bit hard. But I want to, the cookie should be at the bottom as well. Because the church should actually be also so full of non-Christians that they get the word easy. Hello? And here's the thing. We cannot reach what we cannot see. And that's probably most of our... Problems is just in this statement. We cannot reach what we cannot see. I'm not sure, th- I, I must say, the one thing that I really, really appreciate about Australian traffic is people is actually nice on the road. I mean, they give you, if that indicator goes on, space scope opening up, you can just slide in. Not in South Africa <laughs> and not in the USA. There in New York, when you drive a car and it's bumper to bumper, they won't even give you a space. And you're sitting trying. Once I tried to um, put in some gas or fuel in in my car in the United States, in, in New York, wanted to rejoin the line, but it was that the traffic was so hectic I could not join. And do you know what the people do? They sit and stare right dead in front of them. I'm this side, trying to get in, trying to wave. Just give me space. They won't look at you. It's just, they won't look. Why? Because if they see you, they know there's a need to give you space. And what I literally had to do was while I was trying to just move a little bit, just see the see my calf at least. I mean, there, there was what, this time actually when it happened. There was a, a teenage girl in the car and a mum, and, and and eventually the teenage girl looked over, and I was like this: "Please give me space, please." And she bursts out laughing, and she turns to her mum, and then her mum's like, "Oh, forget it. Go, go, just go." <laughs> Why? Because she saw me. And, and we cannot reach what we cannot see. And, and that's probably our biggest problem is that we don't see. We, we see it actually in a story in John 4. And I want to set up this story for you. It's where, where, where Jesus was at the well with, with the lady and um, the disciples had to run some errands. And they went to run, run some errands and, and Jesus was thirsty. So he went to the well and there was a lady standing there, a woman standing at the well. She was a Samarian. Samarian lady. Meaning two things, Jews didn't speak to women, one, two, especially if they are from, from Samaria. There's two things, they, they didn't do it. There was a racial barrier and there was a gender barrier. And Jesus comes and he breaks both barriers with one instant. He speaks to the lady and he speaks to a Samarian lady. Meaning he just smashes the barriers, smashes racism and the gender barrier that there is in one sentence. And his disciples come back and they, they actually see what he's doing, but, but they won't they weren't even bothered to ask what he was doing. So we catch the story in, in John uh, 4, verse 27. It says, Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, What do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, Come, see, a man told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And it's interesting that in this piece, that that the Holy Spirit actually put this piece in there. These two questions, what do you want or why are you talking with her? The disciples didn't even ask it. Why is it that the Holy Spirit would put that detail into that scripture, piece of scripture here in this space for us to see? See, I personally believe it's, it's because so that we can see that they didn't even notice what Jesus was doing. It didn't matter to them. And what they can't, cannot see does not matter to them. And we cannot reach what we cannot see, church. But this lady... I'm not sure I understand. (laughs) Hey Siri, I will better my English next time. (laughs) 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 Any case. (laughs) They came out to the town. Look at this. He comes and speaks to this lady. He tells her actually what's wrong with her. He says to her, do you, do you want to first know more? He actually says to her, I know you are not married. You have five, and you're going to get your next one soon. He, he speaks to her. He breaks the racial barriers. He sees her pain. He sees her for what he is, but he also gives the instructions to her what to do. And, and she's like, this, this, surely this, this must be the Christ. This must be Christ. They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Robbie, Robbie, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? Meaning, did you, did you, did you get him food? They were so oblivious what was happening around them because they, the, the, the Sumerian people didn't even matter to them. They didn't even see them, church. They could not even see that they were coming. The whole town was there and all they worry about is, hey, Robbie, has, has you got, did you get something to eat? And, and he's actually wanting to teach them something, to say to them, why aren't you seeing the need around you? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say for months, uh, for months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. Church, we need to open our eyes because the harvest is plentiful here in Kenmore Church in Brookfield, in Moggill, in Curalee, in Brisbane City Church. But we cannot reach if we don't see it. And if you you want to see it, we have to open our eyes. I was on a hunting trip, and and sorry if I offend you, but as South Africans, we, we do like to hunt wild game. But we do eat them, if, if that's any consolation. Um, and we make, and we have introduced a very great snack to the Australians. It's called biltong. We love it. We hunt for it. It's part of our culture. I went on a hunting trip. It was Father's Day, and, uh, or just after Father's Day, I had to take someone uh, hunting with me and been on the, on the road for three hours, and I walked. As I got to the farm gate, I walk across the street just to stretch my legs, and I saw a tail wagging, saw a tail wagging, and I, I just could not see what it is. And it wasn't far, it's about 100 meters, but I could not see. I just see this tail wagging, because it moved. The rest of the body of this animal just stood very still. And, I, and Leon went with me, and I was like, Leon... What animal is standing right in front of me? Because I couldn't see. Everything was just blurry. And he's like, that animal. And I'm like, yeah, is it, is it the small impala, which is a, a type of deer? Is it a small one or what is it? And he's like, what's wrong you, with you? I'm like, I can't see it. What, what type is it? And he's like, it's a Giraffe. I mean, a a giraffe is probably four meters high and very, it's tall and big. And I couldn't see a thing. Went hunting. I missed every shot that weekend. Didn't came home with my biltong. Leon got his biltong. Went straight to the optometrist. Straight. I said to him, something is wrong. Uh, and the bloke didn't even warn me, but he did some tests on me. I mean, they should warn you at optometrist that they're going to do something with your eyes. I mean, the, you look into a thing, nobody warns you. Open wide, pff, they blow you with wind. Didn't expect that. Felt like they br- blow my mind out of my skull. Like your brains is gone. You should warn a brother. I mean did some things and did some tests where, and he finally came with the results and, and here's what he said. Zalvin, here's the problem. You are nearsighted. <laughs> now I know something. I can see everything close to me very well. You've got it wrong, brother. I can't see very far. I can see everything close to me. Did you know that that is the only profession that diagnosed the problem for what it's not? for what you can do. So meaning if you're nearsighted, that means you can't see far. If you're farsighted, that means you can't see near. Doesn't make sense, does it? any case, driving back home, so I do wear glasses. I just, I refuse because I haven't hit 35 yet and I just refuse. <laughs> As I drive back, like God, what's what's happening? And in that moment, it just dawned on me. It's like the church. Spiritually, we are near-sighted. We can see everything, everyone close to us, everyone in our circle, everyone in our row. I mean, we we we, we just are so comfortable with church. We we normally sit at the same place all the time, and, and we don't tend to like change always. We, and, and we can see close. We can see what's wrong close. But we don't see the harvest. We cannot reach what we cannot see. Here's the question that I want to, and, and, and it's probably most of us, me included. But if God answered all your prayers, if God answered all my prayers, would He change the world, or will He just change me? Hello? I think we, we are sometimes so near sighted that, that we can't see the need. And I want to illustrate it and then I'm going to close. So I want Liam to come stand here next to me. And Sandy, if, if, if you can come and just stand here. I mean, Pastor Pat said it this morning we commemorated 9 11 that happened 20 years ago. I'm not sure where you were at at that moment. I know I I just came out of school uh, and saw the telly and they just shut everything down, schools and for that whole day. And we know what happened and how many people lost their lives. But the thing is, if we can't see it, it's not our problem. It's like going to rural Africa. Once you see a child without food, that hurts. That knocks home real quickly. And once you see it, you have a responsibility to do something. But I want to illustrate to you how many people have, have lost their lives, just so that you can see it. So if, if Liam stands here, just turn turn that, that, that way, that way, that way. And you so stand heel to toe in front of him. In, no, in front of him, in front of him. And I come, and I stand in front of you there. And if we place people in a line, heel to toe, so 9-11, heel to toe, would go from here 10 rugby fields. That's 1.1 kilometer. 10 rugby fields. That's how many people. Imagine driving down the Bruce Highway, for one kilometer, and you see people's faces that died. So just imagine this. We all remember 2004. 2004, 26th of December. Most Aussies would know, because there was a a lot of Australians that died that day with the tsunami in Indonesia. 250,000 people lost their lives. How many rugby fields would that be? That would be if you go Bruce Highway, if we're standing and looking at you, and you go past us from here, Kenmore, to Glasshouse Mountain. That's how many people will stand heel to toe from here. Hey, church. There's almost 8 billion people on the planet. Currently, study shows 5.2 billion people does not know Christ. It's not a believing believer. 5.2 billion. Do you want to see it? It's if we stand heel to toe and we start here in Kenmore. We make a line. Thanks, guys, you can go and sit. We make a line from here to WA, Perth. We build a bridge from Perth to Madagascar. From Madagascar, build a bridge to Mozambique. Go straight through Africa to Angola. And then build another bridge from Angola to Brazil, and then go straight through to Peru, and then build another bridge around to Brisbane. That's how many people, but not that many. It's not 10 times they go around. Heel to toe, not 20 times, Not 30 times, not 60 times, not 100 times. Do you you know how many times would people stand heel to toe if you go in a circle around the globe? 124 times heel to toe. People that's literally going to hell and not to heaven because they don't know Jesus. And it hurts when we see it, and we cannot reach what we cannot see. And that's why I'm so passionate about getting lost people saved. That's why we have stuff like the movie series, not for us, but for those people standing in the line 124 times around the globe. That's why we're going to go bigger. Plant more churches. Raise more leaders. Why? Because the circle is still going. Because we need to reach more people, church. We have to open our eyes. Because we cannot reach what we cannot see. That's why I want to encourage you to invite people from the 17th of October that does not know Jesus. So that we have an opportunity But Zalvin, for the now, how do we reach them now? How do I change my world now? I want to give you quick three things, and then we're going to close to eat. Number one, how do we do it? Number one, open our eyes to where they are. Open our eyes to where they are. Church, they are around us. They are colleagues. They are friends. They are around us. And what I normally do is I, I pray constantly, Lord, just, just, just give me an opening. Just, just give me a divine appointment. Just something where I can connect with them. And if, if, if you want to connect with them, listen for their spiritual hotspot. It's normally family. It's normally, oh, it's, it's, it's going real bad at home. Oh, I'm struggling relationshipally. Oh, I'm struggling. There's people out there, church. And we have to open our eyes to where they are. And just pray for divine appointments where where God gives you a divine moment where you can share something. Give some hope. Psalm 37, 23 in the King James Version says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Meaning there's going to be an opportunity. But we have to be sensitive for the opportunity that comes up. We have to be sensitive, church for the moment to meet people where they are to change our world we need to connect church before we correct and sometimes we're very good at you so bad going to yell. that's not who we are and should be we should connect first before we correct We have to listen first. Listen to their stories. Listen to their pain. Listen to their situations. Just listen. Secondly, how do I change my world? How do I open up my eyes to the lost people out there? Open your eyes. We have to open our eyes to who they are. To who they are. And church, nowadays it's very easy it's very easy to get irritated by people. I mean, just bring up the discussion in a discussion about vaccinations. You're gonna get frustrated and irritated very quickly. Depends on which side you are. I mean, the, the, left, the, the left doesn't like the right, and the right doesn't like the left. And, and there's a world outside, outside of church walls who, who don't even like each other, but we need to open our eyes to who they are. Matthew 9:36 says the following, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And there's people out there that does not know the shepherd, and they are, they are literally lost, and they are broken, and they, they have hurt. And, and here's the thing, church, hurting people hurt people. It's like a dog that's been bitten. If you want to go get close to it, it's going to bite you. But, but we have to see them for who they are. And church, there are some people that we're not going to like. We have to change actually. We don't we don't need to 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 be like them, but we have to like them. You don't have to agree with them on their stance, but you have to like them so that you can share with them. It's like Yonki Cho, he was the pastor of the biggest church in the world. He just went to be with the Lord this this last week. A million active members in his church in South Korea, a million active members. He's just, he's written on prayer and, and probably he's the, probably the best writer on prayer. And, and he was the one that first coined, actually, the, our, 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 our Lord's Prayer into, into um, he, he just breaked it up where, where you can spend an hour and he outlined it where you can spend an hour on each sentence for your personal life. And, and it was just incredible. But Yonki Chosh said the following. Um, he, he said, Lord, just forgive me, for I hate a lot of people. Every day. Every day. Because they didn't think like him. They didn't act like them him. But he knew that he, he had to know who they are. And church, for us to change our world, we don't have to like them. Uh, be like them, sorry, but we have to like them. It's like the good Samaritan, the priest. I mean, well, the thief wanted to exploit the guy. The uh, the priest wanted to avoid the guy, but the good Samaritan loved the guy. We have to love people for who they are. I know they're not going to think like you. If they don't want to get vaccinated, we can still love them. If they wanted to get vaccinated, we can still love them. If they want to wear masks, we can still love them. If they don't want to wear masks, we can still love them, church. If they think like us, we can still love them. If they don't think like us, we can still love them. But can we not be like the keyboard warriors on Facebook? It's just having a go at everybody because they think they are right. We have to know them for who they are. Number three. Is we have to open our eyes to what they need. James, you can come up so long and play. We have to open our eyes to what they need. And here's the thing. Churches all around the world can be very far to this side of the pendulum or very far to this side of the pendulum. Either truth or Grace. So what is it? Here's the problem with the two. If, if, if you're very far this side, truth, 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 that, that's the churches that goes and the people and the Christians that goes, you're so wrong, turn or burn. Technically, they are right. Technically. But they are not effective in reaching lost people. And then you get this side of the pendulum where it's just grace, grace, grace. Grace. Everything goes. Grace, grace, grace. All is welcome. Grace. If you have truth, church, without grace, you are mean. If you only have grace, you are meaningless. It's always truth and Grace. John 1 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us when we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. It's always grace first. It's always, you are welcome, but we are going to share the truth. You are welcome but we are gonna share the truth. If we have both, we have the antidote for lost people, church. We have to accept them for who they are and we need to open our eyes for what they need. And as a church, we need to know there's 124 times going around the globe, people standing heel to toe, That's not going to heaven. We need to open our eyes, church. So that we can reach lost people. So that we can co-mission with Christ. It's not just about us and the songs we like. And the lights that we don't like or like. It's about reaching lost people for Christ. One of the main reasons people and we don't see It's because we don't see God for who He really is. I want to end off with this because maybe you are in this category. Maybe you don't see God for who He really is. See, some of us see Him as a locked gate, meaning our view of God is He can't be reached. And there's people out there that sees Him as a locked gate. He cannot be reached. Maybe it's your view tonight and I can't reach him. He's so closed. There's some people out there that see God as a garbage can. Their view of God is, God doesn't want me. There's so much filth in my life, I've just take one bad step after the other. One after the other. Some of us that see God as an endless ladder, our view of God is God requires a lot of means. Just work, 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 work. Most of us doesn't, don't experience God for who He is because we can't see Him for who He really is. Church, He's a free gift to us. And that's the right view of God. is He has a gift of eternal life for you that He wants to give you freely so that you may unwrap it. But you have to ask for it. Lord, I want this gift. I want you. Thank you for the gift. I want to invite you two things. To pray about people that you know is standing in the line with the 5.2 billion other people. I want to encourage you to invite them come the 17th because we're going to share the gospel. We're going to make church fun. They're going to enjoy it. But they're going to see, they, they are going to see God for who He is. A God who's faithful, full of grace, full of truth. Second invitation is, if you don't see God as a free gift to you, I want to pray for you tonight as well so that you may just accept the gift that he has for you so that you can have the right view of our Lord and Savior. So let's close our eyes to open our eyes so that we can see. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you invite us to co-mission with you to reach lost people Lord and I just want to pray Lord that you will give us the courage to see people for who they are Lord so that we may connect with them and share your truth and your grace Lord and share the right view of who you are Lord as we lead up and prepare for October as a church and as church people I just pray Lord that you will break our heart for what breaks yours and that we will see the lost people Lord but also may we see the harvest Lord because it's plentiful and may this year for us as a church be a great harvest here where we can reach lost people and co-mission with you Lord and as every eye is closed and every head is bowed maybe your view of God was or is distorted and you didn't see him as a free gift for you maybe see him as the trash can guy doesn't want you or the endless ladder or just the God that's just so locked up that there's no way to Him. There is a way. You just need to accept the gift of salvation. So in this moment, I want to give you that opportunity. I'm not going to expose you. I'm not going to call you to the front. I am going to pray with you. So if you want to accept the gift of salvation tonight, if you want to accept God for who He is, your Lord and Savior, your King of kings, and you want to be sure that you are going to heaven, will you just quickly raise your hand for me and just slip it down? I just want to pray. pray. Thank you. You can let it down. Thank you. Thank you. You can let it down. I'm just going to pray and I'll, I'll, I want to invite you, just pray after me. And I'm going to ask the whole church to pray after me this prayer. And then we're going to celebrate you because you are going to heaven and nothing is keeping you up. And the heavens are currently, currently roaring because you've made that decision tonight. So just pray the rest of the church after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me forgiving yourself on the cross and dying for us. Thank you for forgiving my sins. And thank you, Lord, that I can accept you and the gift of salvation. Lord, I pray that you will forgive me, cleanse me, And Lord, may I not keep you for myself, in Jesus' name, amen.